Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. The secretary for the United Pentecostal Church, the Oklahoma District, this guy's a big wig, travels the world, teaches all over the place. Don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool you. He, he is, he's, uh, he, he's, he, it's, it's a big deal to have him here, have them here. They're a dynamic duo, and we love them. God bless you. God bless you. Love you. Praise God, church. Thanks, pastor, for that flowery introduction. If half of it's true, then that's a great thing, right? We have just had a blast, my wife and I, this weekend, being with all of you, getting to know you. And uh, we just love the vibe of this church. It's, I was telling somebody this morning, it's, it's real, it's authentic, there's passion, and um, that's what our world needs. That authenticity and the passion, people who really believe in something. And, because, you know, you don't follow somebody that's balanced, you follow people who are passionate about a cause. And that, they're the people that you say, I'm going to align myself with them. And this church certainly has leaders, Donovan and Valerie, that are passionate about the mission. What Bethesda is all about, Jesus, people, mission. And I love that. And we have just, it's just been so wonderful. Thank you all. You've treated us so well. And we've enjoyed every second spent with you in this dynamic church. What a wonderful time we've had. And um, all of you who got to meet on Friday night and then yesterday and then those today as well. And God is not finished with the weekend. Praise God. I believe God saves the best for last. Praise God. And so I'm believing that before we leave and go eat lunch today, there will be miracles. Because that God that can be believed is here today. Hallelujah. Our faith is high today. Yes. Thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the mighty presence of God. And I know God is going to take us further than we've been before. Amen? Anybody want to go higher? Anyone want to go further? Anybody want to go deeper? Hallelujah. It's available today. And the God of glory is here. Proverbs 28 and 1. That's where we're launching from this morning. Proverbs 28, verse 1. Special shout out to all the media people. Appreciate all their help over the last couple of days. Uh, I've made them work a little overtime trying to make some things work that weren't working very well. And uh, they have just done exceptional. And uh, there's a special place in heaven for media people. I believe that. I really do. And if you've never run media, then you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, in the media booth of heaven. Yes, thank you, Pastor. That's, I, I stand to be corrected. Yes. <laughs> I received that in Jesus' name. Proverbs 28 and 1. The wise one says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. And for a few minutes this morning, I want to speak on the subject Go bold. Everybody say go bold. It's time for the church to be bolder than she's ever been. It's time for the people of God to be bolder than they've ever been. It's time for the seekers to be bolder than they've ever been. And if you need something from Jesus, today's the day to be bold. Today's the day to get out of your comfort zone Today's the day to do something a little different than what you've done before so you can get your miracle, so you can receive your deliverance, so you can have that divine provision come into your household because God is here today and he always honors boldness for him. Why don't you throw your hands in the air? Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Jesus, we love you and we praise you today. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty presence that we feel in this house. We know you have so many blessings in store 
for the great people of Bethesda, God. We know, Lord, that lives will be touched and changed in these next few moments of time. And, Lord, we're standing on your promises today, believing in your word. Take us further, deeper, Lord. Put us exactly where you want us to be for the last great harvest of souls. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And as you're seated, high-five your neighbor and tell them, it's time to go bold. I stand before you today the product of a 12-year-old boy who knew something about boldness. His name was Ricky Hollis. He was a newspaper carrier for my father. My father, Richard, was in his late 30s and had a dozen newspaper carriers that worked for him. But there was something different about Ricky Hollis. Ricky Hollis would tell my dad, you know, Mr. Hughes, if you would come to my church, Jesus would fill you with the Holy Ghost. You know what, Mr. Hughes? If you would come to my church, Jesus would turn your life around. You know what, Mr. Hughes? If you would come to my church, Jesus would set you free from the habits in your life. And there was something so real and authentic to this 12-year-old boy that was a little bold about his faith that caused my dad, who wasn't going to church anywhere, to say, I think I need to find out about Ricky Hollis's church. And he started going to Ricky Hollis's church, and it wasn't long before my mother, Patty, who was very religious and devout in a denominal church, started trying to figure out why is Richard going to this church across town that's very different than what our family had attended in the past. And so she started going, and of course it wasn't long before both Richard and Patty were baptized in Jesus' name, and Richard and Patty had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I stand before you today, 50 plus years later, because of a 12-year-old boy who was bold with his faith and bold with his witness and bold in his understanding that what we have will change the world. I've come to tell Bethesda today, it's time to go bold. It's a word from the Lord for this church. It's time for every apostolic Pentecostal to get out of our comfort zone and taste and see that God always honors boldness. And when you operate in a position of boldness, God responds in kind with bold blessings, bold miracles, bold provision, and bold deliverance. Why don't you give a hand clap of praise to our bold God today? We will make a world of difference when we go bold. There's so many voices in the world today. We can pretty easily characterize our world as being pure chaos. So much voices, so much information, so many different people representing so many different causes and issues. And if we choose just to do normal, business as usual church, we're never going to break through. We're never going to break through the noise. We're never going to break through that confusion and chaos. Unless the church says, we're going to be bold like they were in the Bible. We're going to be bold like the early church. We're going to be bold about our faith. We're going to be bold about what we know about our God. Because we've seen the miraculous. We've seen the cancers removed. We've seen lives rearranged. We've seen families put back together. Prodigals come back home. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Because I know that he will do it. That's the God that we are serving today. And God has empowered his church. He's empowered us with everything we need to take advantage of the last great harvest of souls. We've got the word. Aren't you thankful for the word? It's a lamp unto our feet. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I am so thankful for the word. And can I tell you, it's more powerful than you think it is. It's more powerful than you believe it is. It will work when nothing else works. 
all we do is just share the word. Whether, whether you know what you're talking about or not, the word always works. It will not return void, but it will accomplish its purpose. The word is powerful. And then we've got the power of the name. The name of Jesus Christ. How many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name? You've taken on the family name. And if you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, I invite you today to take that bold step of faith and say, I want the name of Jesus on my life. I want to be part of that family, the family of God. And then there's the blood. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. It really doesn't do us any good until we're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins. And that water represents the blood of Jesus Christ, which washes away our sins. And again, brings us and we're born into the family of God. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ today that washes away all of our sins. And then I'm thankful for the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost today? Hallelujah, it's not by mind, it's not by power. But he said, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And if you're here today and you've never received your personal experience of the Holy Ghost, today is an awesome day to invite Jesus Christ to come and take residence inside you. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost today before you leave this place and your life will be changed. It will be rearranged. What we've got today is what they had in the book of Acts. We've got the blood. We've got the name. We've got the word. We've got the spirit. But it seems to me there's something that we haven't quite reached the level of the apostles in the book of Acts. And that's this attitude, if you want to call it that, of boldness. Of recognizing every day when I get up, I need to activate those weapons, those giftings that God has placed in me. And I've got to be bold about it so I can change my world. Because church, that is why we're here. That's why we're still here. We're to be changing our world and changing our environment. And our text said this, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. In other words, they're scaredy cats. You know, there's people that, I mean, if something even looks wrong, they're in a panic, right? Anybody know somebody like that? Just asking for a friend, right? Yes. I mean, if the devil doesn't even have to do anything, it's like, oh, my God. The world's going down. And people freaking out. The Bible says that's what the wicked do. But then the wise one said, but the righteous... And I believe there's a lot of righteous people here today under the sound of my voice. The righteous are bold as lions. When you think of a lion, you don't think of a scaredy cat. You don't think somebody's hiding around a corner afraid of what's going to happen next. You don't think of somebody who's, who's saying, I think I'm about to pass out. I'm so scared. You think of this lion that's roaring and is glaring at whatever's opposing it. And everybody else is shrinking back because of the lion. Everybody else is a shrinking violet because of the lion. But my Bible tells me our God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is on our side. And if you have Jesus in you, that's what's inside you. And so we need to be acting that way. We need to be living that way. We need to be demonstrating boldness to the world in which we live in order to change our world. Now, I love the book of Acts, and I especially, I love Acts 2, of course, where the Holy Ghost is poured out. The 120 on the day of Pentecost, and then before the day's over, 3,000 more are added to the church. But then I really like when we get to chapter 3. Because when we get to chapter 3, we find Peter and John, they're on their way to church for the prayer meeting. It's good to come to prayer meeting. Did I catch that right? First Monday prayer? So, so you should be here for first Monday prayer because you don't know what's going to happen at prayer meeting. I'm about to show you something happened at prayer meeting. So Peter and John are on the way to church. Now, allow me to say this. This is not their first time to come to the church. 
It's not their first time to come to prayer meeting. And there's a lame man there. And they've been laying him there every day. They bring him and he begs for money. He's a panhandler, if you will. It's how he makes his living and pays for his, his survival. And so this is not Peter and John's first time to see him. I mean, he's a regular. I kind of got to believe they're on a first-name basis. And so they're calling him by name. But remember, they've seen him many times on the way to prayer. But there's something different today in Acts chapter 3. And that difference is the Holy Ghost. Because the other times when they saw this man, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so let me tell you what I think it went, how it went down the day before the day of Pentecost when they saw him on the way to prayer. Hey, bro, how you doing? Man, good to see you today. Man, our heart is breaking for you, bro. I mean, you're, I mean, you're in this bad situations, and, you know, we're praying for you. Matter of fact, uh, tell me how to spell your last name one more time, because I want to make sure we get it right on the PowerPoint for prayer requests. And, and we've got a, a texting chain as well, and, you know, we're praying for you. Just want you to know that. And if it's the will of God for you to be healed, wow, we'll all celebrate with you. Hey, bro, got to run. Got to get to prayer. See you later. Now, I don't know about you, but, but that's painful. It's painful for me to say it like that. And what makes it so painful is that's me many times. The difference is I got the Holy Ghost. The difference is you've got the Holy Ghost. Because on this day, now they have the Holy Ghost. And I don't know, I, I kind of think it was the next day after they got the Holy Ghost. And I don't think you can prove me wrong, and I can't prove me right. So since I've got the might, I'm right for right now. And so they see him, and this day Peter says, hey, look on us. And he's thinking, oh, these guys are giving me some money today. They're not just going to give me the platitudes that we're going to pray for you. So he's a little excited. There's a smile breaking out on his face, and... Then Peter, he burst the bubble. We're broke. We have nothing to give you that you're expecting. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then Peter reaches and grabs him by the right hand and lifts him to his feet. And as he's lifting him to his feet, which, by the way, was a step of faith in itself, the man's feet and ankle bones receive strength. And he begins to walk and run and leap praising God. He runs into the prayer meeting. It blows up the prayer meeting. Prayer meeting's officially over. Everybody's in shock. It's like, oh my goodness. Are, is that? What a great miracle. And it was all the result of somebody being bold for the kingdom. Somebody getting out of their comfort zone. Somebody recognizing, you know, my God has all the power. I've never healed anybody, and neither have you. And so that means the pressure's not on us. We think it is. What if I pray for them and God doesn't heal them? Well, that's not my problem. It's his. I did what I was supposed to do. But more times than not, God will heal them, and he will blow your mind. He will increase your faith. He will give you a testimony about what you've seen and experienced. What a great miracle. But the miracle didn't end there with the lame man. Because now there are thousands of people in that area. I don't know how many people were at the church service, but there was quite a few there for the prayer meeting. And people that were outside. And it didn't take long before the word began to spread about the lame man. That everybody knew by name. That had been there. He was a, he was a, a fixture outside Gate Beautiful. And so everybody's talking about, it. wow, it's the bus. Did you know? Did you hear? Did you see? And people are now curious because of the supernatural, what they can't explain. And so they start asking Peter and John, hey, guys, how did you do this? That was awesome. That was so cool. I'm telling you, it blew my mind. And so all of a sudden, people are hungry. They're open. They want to hear the word. They're open for a Bible study. 
And there's no bribes involved. I'll take you to breakfast if you let me teach you exploring God's word. They were hungry. They're asking. And the miracle, the supernatural, created a natural organic platform for Peter to minister the gospel, for Peter to preach to them about the, the plan of salvation, about repentance, about baptism, about conversion, about the rest and refreshing of the Holy Ghost. And the message was so powerful that 5,000 men received salvation. This was a 5,000 soul revival because of one solitary miracle, because of one apostolic who knew who they were and knew what their God could do. And they got bold and went bold for the kingdom. Man, I want to pray for somebody and it result in a 5,000 soul revival. How about you? I want to be the guy that's involved in that. That is so cool. And so it's so awesome, 5,000. Because boldness activates the supernatural. Boldness causes God to say, wow, they're getting out there. They're getting out of the boat. And so it's time for me to show out and show off and prove who I am and honor them for taking the step of faith. And that's exactly what's going down here in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. What a powerful story. But if there had been no boldness, if there had been no risk, then there would also have been no miracle. If Peter and John hadn't exercised some boldness that day, the layman would still be laying at Gate Beautiful. And he would still be lame. And so when you think of the people that we come in contact with every day and all of their issues, all of their illnesses, all of their troubles, unless we go bold, they're going to stay in their condition. Nothing is going to change. And I think they deserve better from us because we know, don't you tell me he can't do it because I know that he can do it. And so it's time for us to get bold. And get out of our comfort zone. Because, wow, without it, we just go home. You know, I wanted to title my message, but I, I didn't want to be offensive to anybody. You know, I am a traveling guy, and while I am leaving this afternoon, you know, I want to come back. <laughs> Little shameless plug there. <laughs> but I really wanted to title my message, Go Bold or... Go home. Yeah, yeah. Whatever pastor just said. <laughs> I'm not handing him the mic, but yes, it, yes. Go bold or go home. We can't pretend that we're just having church. We're not just here for a good time on Sundays, although I've had a wonderful time this Sunday. And I know that you have too. But we're here for God to empower us. Give us some instructions. Get us all in the building healed up and fired up. And then to hit those doors and hit the community and take Ascension Parish by storm with the gospel of Jesus Christ because he's called us to be the lighthouse. And that's what he's called us to do. Oh, by the way, I, I try to always be really honest. And so for full disclosure, they didn't give Peter and John the keys to the city. They got thrown in jail. Mugshot. Yeah. They were front page news. The next day, Jerusalem Journal. <laughs> Two followers of Jesus Christ arrested, disturbing the peace in their number. Now, let me just say something. Every special interest group in this country, they think it's an honor to be arrested for their cause. It doesn't bother them that their face, that they're photographed at a protest, and that they're arrested. Matter of fact, their publicists are putting it out on all social media, getting cuffed, getting thrown in the back of the police car. Most of us, if we ever got arrested for the gospel, we would think that Jesus Christ had departed from us. We would say, you promised never to leave me nor forsake me. What is going on here? 
But that's not the way our world thinks. They counted a badge of honor. And these guys, these early apostles, they got arrested for doing the good deed. And so as you read on into chapter 4, the council that they're called before the next day, they're, they're talking about them, and this is what they say in verse 13 of Acts 4. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they recognized they had been with the Lord. Now, when I say this, it, it hurts me to say it because it's like cutting the knife this way. When is the last time someone has accused us of spending time with the Lord? When is the last time somebody on our job and in our school said, I can just tell you're so bold because you have been with the Lord. Man, would to God people were saying that about us tomorrow afternoon on the job. Would to God people were saying that about us in our community. I can tell you've been with Jesus. You're so bold. And so we got to get busy doing something about that, right? We've got to be got busy fixing that. And so they recognized they had been with the Lord. And by the way, this whole story, do you know why I think it's in the Bible? Why Luke recorded it? It's not just so we say, that's good history. And so when you're taking an Acts class at Bible school, you can study these chapters. My personal opinion is it's in here because this is the paradigm for end-time harvest. This is the pattern or the modern modern version of end-time evangelism. We live in a world where a lot of people, they're so skeptical about this word. I'm sad to say. A lot of them don't even believe the Bible. They don't even believe in God. So before you teach them a Bible study, you've got to start on the other side, convincing them of those things. But you know what? The miraculous does something to people. The supernatural creates a natural platform, a natural audience of people who are hungry. And they're open and they're putting aside their preconceived ideas because who can argue with the miracle that took place? And I absolutely believe there are people in this room. God is going to use you. You're going to pray for that person on your job. God's going to heal them of cancer or something impossible situation. And everybody in your company, they're going to be asking you questions. How did that happen? They were at death's door. They were giving up. They had already called in hospice. And now the doctor's saying there's nothing wrong with them. You've got to be kidding me. Tell me how this happened. And that's when you and I, we're going to give them the plan of salvation. We're going to tell them about the love of God and what God has planned for their life. And there, we're not worried about all of their cynicism and sarcasm. Instead, we're opening ourselves up. And I believe that's, that's the plan. Again, one miracle, 5,000 soul revivals. I want a 5,000 soul revival. Pastor, I know you do too. If just one of you was bold, stepped out of your comfort zone, and operated in apostolic authority, and recognized there's something powerful in you, God doesn't just use the people on this platform. He uses everybody in the building from 12 to 112 when we exercise boldness. And oh, by the way, so then they, they tell them, okay, guys, we can't deny that a notable miracle's happened. Everybody's praising God. And here's the guy jumping around. What are we going to do? And I love the way the council approached this. They said, okay, do us a favor. Please, pretty please, don't tell anybody about this. Read it. A little different verse, different words. And I love Peter's response. Fat chance. <laughs> now, you won't find that in King James. <laughs> yeah, it's more messagey. <laughs> Fat chance I'm going to do that. We're going to tell what we've seen and heard, what we've experienced. And so then they release them. They go back to their company. They go back to their small group. And they tell them how it all went down. Starting with the, the man at the gate. All the way through the whole story and the 5,000 soul revival. And then get thrown in prison. And then meeting the, on trial and being questioned. And then these guys, who I think are pretty bold already, they pray, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all 
boldness. They may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal. In other words, Lord, we want you to use us so people can be healed. And by the way, that should be one of the cries of the church. Lord, give me boldness. I want to pray for people and they be healed. I want there to be signs and wonders. And that signs and wonders may be done in the name of Jesus Christ. And when they had prayed, everybody got renewed in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they spake the word of God with boldness. By the way, this is the boldness chapter of the Bible. For all the Bible trivia people, Acts chapter 4, there's, we find more about boldness in this chapter than any other place in the Bible. Wow, what a great story. And with great power gave them witness because of this thing called boldness. You know what we need? We need an impartation of boldness. Or as we used to say, we need a baptism of holy boldness. We're not trying to be bold for ourselves. This has nothing to do with us. We're just the vessel. It's why Jesus saved us. To represent him in this lost world and be his ambassadors. In the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling those who are at odds with him and bringing the two parties back together. And this church is a church that does that. This church is a church that's all about that. That's what the name of this church is really all about. Bethesda, Jesus, people, and mission. It's about reconciling those people. And so we've got to be bold as a lion. So here's four things that we need to do. Four things. Number one, that we need boldness in our witness, number one. Everybody here, you got a testimony. And you should be telling it often. Some of you haven't told it in so long, you forgot it. Some of you, if somebody asked you about your testimony, you would stumble around because you haven't shared it in so long. Not necessarily trying to make you feel bad. Keyword, necessarily. But you got to get good at this. Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after you get the Holy Ghost. Power to be a witness. What is a witness? Somebody who gives their testimony. They tell their story. Even if you were raised in the church, you still got a testimony. And every testimony is unique and is powerful. And my favorite part about testimonies is this. You're the expert. <laughs> they can argue with you about Acts and John and all of that. But they can't argue with your testimony because it's your story. You know it. And you know what? Every time you tell it, you know what it does? It makes you more grateful. It makes you more thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for you. So I have a little homework assignment for you in the middle of Sunday morning. Is that okay? So I'll take a time out if that's, if that's not called for. I want you to go home and write out your testimony. Yeah. Write it out. It may take a little while. And then I want you to get in front of a mirror. Yeah, I've done this before. And practice your testimony. And you'll add and subtract. And then have a friend. Somebody that really loves you, but somebody that can tell you the truth. Listen to your testimony. And you'll be able to tell by the expression on their face. You'll know, and they'll help you. And you need two versions of it. You need the extended play <laughs> and the elevator speech. And the elevator speech, of course, is like two minutes. So then you really only have to nail down what really matters. If you've got two minutes with somebody, then how are you going to tell them about your salvation, your story, your journey? And then the extended play, it might be 10 minutes, 15 minutes if people are really patient. And practice that. And then every day get up and say, Jesus, open a door so I can share my testimony today. And do you know what? If you'll pray that, guess what? I promise you Jesus is going to answer that prayer because it is his will. And he already wants you to be doing that already. So go home and get busy on that. we got to tell our testimony. we got to be bold about it. Number two, bold giving. Because I didn't finish the story in Acts 4. After they had that prayer meeting and everybody got refilled with the Holy Ghost and they got all that boldness. They said, hey. Brother Solar, so here's got a need. Can anybody help him? Somebody said, I'll write him a check. I got, got some money in my wallet. Hey, honey, how much money you got in your purse? 
That's kind of the way it went down when you read it. And then somebody said, hey, and we got some church expenses coming up. So Barnabas goes out and sells some land. And he brings the money and puts it at the pastor's feet. And others started doing the same thing. And by the way, you can read all about Ananias and Sapphira as well in Acts 5. They, they didn't quite do it right, and it really went down the wrong way for them. But people were giving, people were sharing, and they were boldly giving extravagant gifts. Because I've learned from experience, when you get out of your comfort zone in giving, God gets out of his comfort zone, or actually, he gets into his comfort zone in extravagantly blessing you, boldly blessing you, and more than repaying you for whatever you invested in the kingdom. And you know what? Over the next year, you're going to need to give some extravagant gifts in this church for the new building. I love the vision of this church. I love the vision of the new building. Matter of fact, I can hardly wait to preach in the new building. That's how much I believe it. I'm all about it. I see it. I feel it. It's here. It is the will of God. And it takes money. And you got that money. Are you going to borrow it? Are you going to find a way? I'm not here just hacking on money today, but I'm really hacking on blessings. Because there's some people in this church, when you get out of your comfort zone in giving, God is going to open up the windows of heaven, and you're going to be blessed beyond what you can imagine. I've seen it happen so many times. Bold giving, that's what they were doing in Acts. And then the third thing is bold demonstration. That is wherever you are. Hey, I'm going to pray for you right now. Yeah. This is saying, you know, I'll be praying for you. But I want God to do the miracle right then. Right here in the aisle at Walmart. I'm a really shy guy by nature, by the way. But you know something? If they got a need and they're asking me to pray for them, and me say, you know what? We got prayer meeting coming up in a week and a half. No. God has empowered us to pray for them on the spot. You'd be surprised. People could get the Holy Ghost in the aisle number three at Walmart. I'm not talking about trying to make a scene. I'm not trying to talk about being stupid in public. Not at all. I'm not about that. And neither is Jesus. Thank you very much. But you know what? They could get the Holy Ghost right there. They could get their miracle right there. I've seen it happen so many times. And Paul said, it's not about my speech and my preaching, but it's about the demonstration. God proving himself. God showing the things in this book coming alive in people's life. And them getting their personal healing, their personal deliverance. And finally, last but not least, bold prayers. Bold prayers. Hebrews tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. I'm convinced we don't pray big enough prayers. Most of us, I would imagine, pray mamby-pamby prayers. And there's stuff that's possible. And if God doesn't heal, well, go take some NyQuil and everything will be fine. Right? And so we can pray that because we feel pretty good. But when you're praying about something that NyQuil won't fix, that the doctor can't fix, that Mayo Clinic can't fix, that EMD Answer Anderson Cancer Center can't fix, that's what I'm talking about. Where you're out there, you're out of the boat, and, and you're wondering what's going to happen when you get out of that boat. Jesus is going to be waiting for you on the other side of that rail of the boat. Jesus always does that when we go bold and when we go bold with our prayers and we have a, a God-sized vision. And I know your pastor and first lady, they've got a God-sized vision for Ascension Parish for this region, and it's going to take God to make it happen. We all got to do our part, and we all line up with the vision and mission. When we get in alignment and get ourselves calibrated to our leaders, can I tell you, God's going to move. God's going to make it happen. There will be explosive growth and influence. 
because we're praying those prayers, and we're, we're not just praying prayers. We're not just asking and begging. Romans chapter 4 tells us to call those things that be not as though they were. Past tense. I see the building, Pastor. It's done. Past tense. I see the people flocking in. They say, wow, there's more space now. Look at it, the frontage, all of those things. When we get out of our comfort zone, God will move and God will bless us responding to the vision when we start praying those impossible prayers. Because I'm convinced there's people in this room, you've got some big needs. But you've stopped praying those impossible prayers. You put them in the compartment. Impossible. Well, I prayed for it for a while and it didn't happen. And here's how we cop out. Don't mean to be offensive. Must not be God's will. Usually, it's, that's not the issue. Usually, the issue is timing. There's a lot of things that are God's will, but today might not be the day. And so we've got to take that into account. And so we've got to make sure that we're not fearful. Because, you know, fear is the number one sin of what won't be in heaven. Everybody say, ouch. Yeah, that's painful. So let me finish with the story. One of the boldest things that I've ever done in my life, we were in our second church building in Ponca City. And we'd been in a building, filled it up, bought an office complex, totally remodeled it, filled it up. And we were reaching the point, Pastor, where people were coming and they were kind of looking and seeing how crowded it was. And then they didn't come back. And boy, that just pierces a pastor's heart. Because we work so hard to get people to come. And so I'm desperate. I'm doing prayer walks around the perimeter of our property. Okay, Jesus. You called me the pastor of this church. You owe it to me to tell me what to do next. Because frankly, everybody's looking at me like I got the answer and I'm clueless. Yeah, you probably don't think pastors ever have those moments. And maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But I'm praying. I'm serious with God. We got to do something, Lord. You bless us with all these people. What do we do now? And so right about that time, there was a, a church right in the center of our city, a, a big, fine church that had been on the market for a while. And somebody notified me and said, hey, they, they lowered the price on Central. And it was still like so far out of our budget, so impossible. It was like, uh, doesn't even matter. Still 10 times more than we could ever afford. Anyway, one day something happened. I don't know what it was. But on a lark, I call our church board president and our church secretary said, hey, you want to go look at Central? Yeah. So we go in there. and I'm a mighty man of faith. Let me just say that from the start in case you missed that part of the story. I'm not even really paying attention because it's like, no way. We don't have any money. We can't do this. It's impossible. So we walk out in the parking lot, and the real estate lady that we use, she was standing there. And she said, well, Rick, how much do you want for your building? I said, oh, Gene, we've not even had this conversation. We, we, we just don't know. She said, I might have a buyer for your building. Oh, my goodness. She said, Wendy's coming by to look at your building tomorrow. So Wendy comes by the next day. She's representing a church that was looking for a building. Sixty days later, our building is sold for what we asked for it. No sign in the front yard. It was never officially for sale. Because pastor's such a man of faith. So we get it all sold, and we're excited. And so we're negotiating with Central, this giant church that was three times everything that our church was. And smack dab in the middle of the city. Everybody drove past it every single day. And so we're negotiating and working through that. And, you know, I imagine what the numbers are. And I'm a, I'm a numbers nerd. And so, you know, after Wednesday night Bible study, okay, everybody that's interested, stay after. And, okay, this is what our utilities are now. With the new building, it's projected to be they would be this. And, and the insurance and the mortgage. And this is the current building fund pledges that are coming in. And, and I'm, I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you may turn out to be the goat. 
And that's not greatest of all times either. Because now you don't have a building. And so I go to a wedding, and one of my great faith preacher friends, hey, Hughes, how you doing? I said, good, man, I, let me tell you the good news. We sold our building. We got exactly what we asked. We never put it for sale. It's so awesome. And he said, and you bought the other building. I said, well, we're negotiating on it. We're getting there. And he's going, bro, bro, bro. And what, what those words meant, what he was really saying was, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm a mighty man of faith. I mean, I'm out here, right? And I'm so far out of the boat, I can't get back. I mean, that's when you know. Jesus either saves you or you drown. I'm crushed. We get in the car when the wedding's over. I cry all the way home, honestly. And I'm telling Val, I, maybe this is the worst mistake I've ever made. I've always prided myself on being a good steward, and people look up to me, and da 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 so I'm crushed. I go, to, I go to bed just beaten up. Next morning, the phone rings at 7 o'clock. There was a prophetess in our district named Sister Chenault. Very renowned. Son, you have not made a mistake. Did you hear me? You have not made a mistake. Click. Man, there was a flood. And so we were able eventually to purchase the building, even though we couldn't afford it. When I went to our banker, this is what I said. You're in the facts business. I'm in the faith business. Here's all of our reports, but before you even look, we've never looked good on paper. And he loaned me the money, even though we really couldn't afford it. But I told that whole story to say this. This is the way God responded to Ricky Hughes getting way out of his comfort zone and convincing a churchload of people to get out of their comfort zone. The year that we sold our building, our last year in the, uh, the second building, we had 335 first-time guests. Our first year in the new building, we had 534 first-time guests. Nearly twice as many first-time guests. Don't you think God notices when you take a step of faith? Don't you think God pays attention when you go bold for the kingdom? When you get it all, when you're all in, all chips in? Oh, yes, he does. Our last year in our old building, we had 22 H2O baptisms. The next year, and this was prophesied, by the way. In fact, the next year in the middle of the year, it was Father's Day. Robert Tisdale's preaching at our church. And that day, in the middle of a message, he swings his hand and says, Pastor, you're going to baptize someone. And when you do, it's the turning point for this church. It will never be hard again. For people to be born again of water and spirit at this church. It will never be a problem again. And then he said, and I know what the guy looks like. And then he just turns back and starts preaching. When he made that declaration, we had baptized 11 people. By the end of the year, we had baptized 66 people in Jesus' name. Five times as many. What are you saying, Brother Hughes? I'm saying God pays attention. When you go bold, when you get out of your comfort zone. We'd had eight Holy Ghost baptisms our last year in our old building. And then our first year in the new building, 25, over three times as many. Would you stand? God is all about this boldness business. And he really does respond when we go bold. When we get out of our comfort zone, when we step out of the boat to walk on the water. Because the truth of the whole deal is, oh, everything I'm talking about is just trying to get closer to Jesus. And souls are his heartbeat. And so whatever we're doing to reach more people, he's all in. And he's just been waiting for us to figure it all out. 
so he can use us and he can work and flow through us. We have everything we need to get the job done. We have everything the early church had. But we need a baptism of boldness, holy boldness, where we look fear in the face and we don't flinch. We don't blink first. Where we know our God. The people who do know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Exploits are not run-of-the-mill stuff. It's not everyday stuff. That word exploit is talking about stuff that is just super-duper awesome would be my definition. That's what God wants to do. We know our God, right? And if we're strong, then that's what God wants to do for us. But we got to start speaking it. We've got to start imagining it. We've got to start seeing it. As my friend Steve Jury says, if you can't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. And so we got to get that vision. We've got to pray, God, give me the vision of my pastor. Make it clear. Make it vivid. Make it brilliant. Burn it into my spirit so I can get behind that man and woman of God 150% without any doubts or questions. And I'm going to go places with them as God takes them further. I'm behind them. I'm cheering them on. I'm saying, what can I do for you, Pastor? How can I help promote the vision? How can I help us get there? How can I cause this to happen? Because God can do it. God can give you a 100-soul revival. If he could give a 5,000-soul revival because of one miracle, outside the doors of the church, can you see it? Can you visualize it today? Because the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Jesus is talking. There's, There's things flashing across your mind right now. And it's the Holy Ghost. It's God saying, come on, brother. Come on, sister. Go bold for the kingdom. There's miracles here today. From start to finish. Jason said it in the earliest part of the service. There's miracles. Pastor, there's miracles here today. But do you know what's between you and your miracle? Just a little bit of boldness. Just somebody saying, today is my day. And I'm believing it. And I'm going to take the step of faith. I'm going to boldly step out of my seat. I'm going to boldly make my way up to the front. I'm going to boldly throw my hands in the air. I'm going to boldly begin to declare, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Today, by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Today, in Jesus' name. My family's put back together today in Jesus' name. Come on, be bold. Come on, speak those impossibilities. Give them new life. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.